Now, the defense for Boston College football looked pretty good last week against Florida State at times, and other times there were issues. But there's a few things that are still worrisome that I want to talk about on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. This is our second episode of the day because earlier today, our uh, episode that was supposed to drop, dropped. So you get, you're getting double the fun here at Locked On BC. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, you go to birddogs.com slash Locked On College or enter promo code Locked On College for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you that. All right, so... All week, it's been the Thomas Castellano show here at Locked On BC. We've, it, the quarterback conversation, especially when things are getting exciting for BC, it, it, it can definitely dictate what you are talking about in terms of how the last game is played. Because obviously, when you have a guy come out and, and perform at the level that he did, you want to talk about it. But I'm going to take a break with Thomas Castellanos today. We'll get back with him tomorrow when Mitch is on the show. Today, I want to look at the defense. Specifically, I'm going to look at a few different areas that I think are are going the right way and some that I'm still concerned about. Now, going into the season, one name that came up constantly in terms of uh, being a star on this team has been Donovan Azaraku. Uh, he was all ACC first team as a defensive end. He was second on the, in the conference last year in sacks with eight and a half. There were really high expectations for this edge to go out there and have a big season. In addition, he put on tw- 10 pounds in the offseason. So you thought maybe he'd get stronger, he'd get even better. Through three games, Donovan Azaraku has zero sacks. That is concerning. Even more concerning, he has one pressure. Ashton Galati, who is on Louisville, has 12 in three games, and they're supposed to be around they're supposed to be around the same level. So getting him more involved and figuring out how to get him after the quarterback seems to be where this defense needs to take its next step. You have a guy, as I th- I have said, that should be your next big pass rusher, and he hasn't gotten going yet. You know, the one pressure I think he had was that pass uh personal foul call against him against um what was it NIU. At the end of the game, he needs to have a bit. He needs to start stepping up. And when they are are game planning for Ezraku, if they're doubling him up or chipping him, if he is as elite as you as some as I have made him out to be, or you know the thought's going to be that he's going to be one of the best in the conference, he's going to get past that. He's going to be able to win those matchups and, and figure out how to still get pressure. He's not getting to the quarterback, and that's a problem. Now, I'm interested to see this week because this will be his first opportunity against a quarterback who isn't super mobile. On Wednesday's press conference uh, on Zoom, Jeff Halfley still said Jack Plummer is a mobile quarterback, but he, I mean, come on, he's not to the same level as Matthew Sluka, 
Jordan Travis and Rocky Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi wasn't even all that mobile, but Rocky Lombardi just threw the ball really fast. Uh, you know, got rid of it super, super fast so that there would be no pass rush. I think there will be an opportunity this weekend to, to get at the quarterback, but I'm not sure that this is going to happen. You know, we haven't seen Azarako do anything yet. He needs to be to step up. So that's one key factor. Let's flip it. Let's go positive here. A big key for BC, I thought against Florida state was that they went two for 10. Florida state went two for 10 on third down. BC got them off the field real fast and did quite, quite a few times. Do that against Louisville, <clears throat> and you should be able to score some points. Louisville, they've allowed 16 points per game, but you have to p- throw in there that one of those games was against Murray State. I don't think that necessarily counts all that much. And they allowed <clears throat> 34 points to Georgia Tech and 14 to Indiana. Indiana has a very, very anemic offense. Georgia Tech has a good one, so they can be scored on. And the defense getting them the ball back quickly will be important. So those third downs, that was a good sign. That's something you could build off of another area of weakness. And one that I was talking to Mitch Wolf about, and he'll, he'll be able to talk more about it on tomorrow's show is the sa- one of the safety positions. I thought John pupil um, came into the season with a lot of hype. Jeff Hatfley brought, you know, pointed him out a lot and he's been one of their leading um you know, secondary players in terms of getting snaps. He's out there all the time. But what we saw against Jaheim uh, Bell on the, on FSU, who again is a really good player, but Florida, I mean, Louisville has good players too. He got exposed. The, his weaknesses and, and his limitations got exposed. Um, and what worries me is that the more that you play a guy like, like pupil, the more film that's going to go out there. I mean, as Mitch has said, they were moving guys in, you know, when it was man coverage to get them onto pupil so they could exploit that all the time. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if there's something you can fix with pupil or a scheme coverage that they can get to get him uh, so he doesn't get cooked so much. Or do they go to Victor Nelson? Do they go to some of their other safeties that they have? You know, someone like Bug Jones. I mean, it seems to me they're kind of thin there, but maybe Kari Johnson comes in. I don't know. I don't know what they do there, but I'm a little worried about that because he's he's a Dartmouth transfer and he he's, you know, playing his butt off out there. That's not a knock against him at all. It's just, he's starting to get exposed. And when you play a good offense with some really, again, some good weapons, you don't want him to be the guy that, that lets you down. So hopefully Halfley has kind of looked at that film and saw some of those things and, and figured out what he can do to fix those. And the final piece that I want to say that I thought uh, looked good on the offense that again has looked good is the run defense. Now the run defense has been uh pretty hit or miss. Now Mitch has said, it would count for all three games that the run defense has been pretty good. Remember they let up 260 yards against Holy cross. I have a hard time myself seeing that and going, Oh yeah, they're off at run, their run defense is good. But Mitch says, if you take out some of the stuff, you look at it. Um, it is okay. And that's what Halfley said. I mean, he's the coach. You can disagree with him. I, I don't agree with that, but I thought the run defense looked much better against Florida state. I, I went into that game in terms of run defense, worried about Jordan Travis and Trey Benson 
Trey Benson torched BC last year. He was able to, you know, I, he had that uh, kickoff return for a touchdown to start the season. He, I mean, start to start the game. Uh, and he just did whatever he wanted against BC last year. This year, he only went 14. Uh, he had 14 rushes for 68 yards. Last year, he went uh, 10 rushes for 78 yards. So he was averaging almost eight yards a carry last year and only 10 rushes. He was averaging about half of that this year. So I, I thought they did a nice job there, and, and they pounded Jordan Travis through that game. I mean, obviously, he left with the, that, that injury at one point. I, I liked what the, I like what they're doing there, but they're going to have it again. Another big challenge. Louisville's going to be a time, a big one for them. They've got to step up. This they're not as Louisville's not as good as Florida State, but you're playing on the road for the first time. You're still mistake prone. You need to clean a whole bunch of things up, and your defense needs to continue to grow. Will they be able to do that? We'll talk about that tomorrow with Mitch. Now, in our second segment, I'm going to give some recruiting news and an update. I don't think many of you want to hear, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. We'll be back to talk about that in just a moment. Now, I want to tell you about the Locked On College Football Live Show. If you're a subscriber to our YouTube channel, you already have seen it. It comes up every Friday. College football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday Locked On will go on live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including this one. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Now, if you know me, you know I am a fan of bird dogs. Bird dogs are my jam. These I found out about these this year, and they have changed my my life. I love wearing my bird dogs. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thighs and legs and give you a truly sculpted look. I'm always a guy that wears baggy um, baggy shorts, and I look kind of sloppy. I know it. I, I do. Bird dog, the way that they fit, it makes me look sharp. It makes me look like I'm ready to go out to a nice restaurant. And I like it. I like how it feels. It doesn't feel like it's bunching up. And it it, it has a, it's, com- it's super comfortable. It's as comfortable as wearing baggy shorts. So I want you to t- take a chance at yourself by going to birddogs.com slash locked on college. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I guarantee it. This is locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Now, this week is Louisville week and we're getting ready for the Cardinals. They're talking, you know, all the talk is, is about this being a first road game. And we still have questions that we don't have answered. Mitch got to go to the press conference, but we don't know about the injury status of, of Logan Taylor, who left against um, uh, left against the Flor- uh, Florida State last week. We don't know the injury status of Patrick Garwo. And, and I don't blame the media for not asking him because Jeff Halfley wouldn't answer it. I mean, if you guys have been part of, um, the BC community and listen to any of these press conferences. He dodges it every time. I, 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 I can even see, I can even hear what he would say in my head. He would say, we're hopeful that they'll play. 
hopeful is like the most useless term, but that's what he would say, right? Now, one thing that you can't be hopeful about is Gerby Lambert. Gerby Lambert is a four-star offensive tackle from Catholic Memorial, right in BC's backyard. Uh, and he's from Roxbury, Massachusetts, right in BC's backyard. We have been following his recruitment now for a good, better part of six or seven months. And it's been one of the strangest commitment commit uh, recruitments I've ever seen. He won't talk to the media at all. So as someone who covers recruiting, I mean, most recruits I talk, I try to reach out to, I can't get them to shut up. They love talking. They love promoting themselves, which is great. Cause that's what they're doing. I mean, it leads right into that NIL stuff, right? They want to be able to talk about it. <clears throat> anyway. We have had some of our national guys been able to reach out and, you know, talk to his coach or his parents or whatever and get more information. He took an official visit to BC this uh, June, along with Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Harvard. I mean, right? Harvard? That's a weird one. And he had those as his final four schools. He visited Boston College five times since July, but all the crystal balls were pointing to Notre Dame. On Wednesday, he announced his commitment to Notre Dame. I had him committed. I had a crystal ball for him to Notre Dame since the beginning of August. But we hadn't heard anything. He went to the NIU game. Um, I think that was the only game he went to. Uh, he's been on campus. I know he's been talking to the staff and to um, some of the academic people there because academics is huge for him. This is a big loss. But, I mean, this is not something that should surprise anyone, right? Lambert is a top 150 recruit, I believe, on, on 247. And let's just be, let's call a spade a spade, right? You're not going to get these guys until you start winning. If his last, uh, you know, memory of going on Boston College is watching that NIU game and you're a blue chip recruit, would you want to come to BC or would you go to Notre Dame, who's about to probably go out and smoke Ohio State this weekend? I mean, the answer is pretty clear. I I get the the people are frustrated. He's a local recruit. He's a very highly committed, uh, you know, visible recruit that people really wanted. But until BC starts winning games, they're not going to get these guys. Even the ones that they're in good shape for. They had Bubakar Traore, a four-star defensive tackle. He went to Notre Dame. Like, they need, a, they need a big season. And this season's not out of the realm of possibilities that it could turn around at some point. Remember... I look at the schedule and it eases up quite a bit coming up soon. They can start rip, rip, ripping off some wins, but they need to do it fast. If they're going to start to get these guys. It, I never thought BC had much of a chance with him. Uh, I thought, you know, the given that he was super quiet and he wasn't talking about much of anything that maybe, you know, that BC was going to stay in it. And, you know, if he was going to go to Notre Dame, why didn't he rec- – he said he was going to commit in August. Why didn't he just go then? Um, so that's that piece. Now, the second part of this um, recruiting talk is what's left for the class of 23 – 24, excuse me. And I want to say not much. Henry Hasselback is one I would watch out for. Michigan State, we talked about this a couple days ago. They're having a lot of upheaval with, with Mel Tucker leaving. And I've, I've heard that BC's in a lot of contact with Hasselback. Not sure if he'll decommit, but it's certainly something worth worth watching. And he's got a teammate, Sayur Torrance, so as a wide receiver who could also be someone to watch for. I have to say, after that, 
I don't expect them to do much. I think this it's going to be a small class. And I think the reason why, and, and I know actually I know the reason why, is they're valuing transfer portals players now. I think a lot of folks were really bummed or, or upset that they hadn't been. But I think it feels to me like the staff has understood now that there's an importance to getting guys like that. Yeah, you want to bring in your own guys and develop them. But when you're playing in a power conference against these other schools, bringing in Thomas Castellanos, bringing in Kyle Hergel or um, uh, Kai Robichaux is more important than bringing in a true freshman who could flame out. There's going to be some positions after this season, as long as Jeff Halfley's still here. I mean, if, if things go off the rails, then anything could happen. But I'm saying, like, so, so let's just say play it out that he's the coach next year, right? You look at this roster, there's a couple positions they're going to need to go into the portal to, to address. I look at linebackers. The, you know, you're going to lose Cam Arnold. I, well, Cam Arnold probably will have another year, I think, with the um, – with the, um, COVID, but he may go he may be gone. Vinny De Palma is definitely gone. And we don't know what's going on with Bryce Steele. He may never play again. We don't know. You need linebackers. I think they'll probably go there. I think interior offensive linemen are going to be something they go after as well. You're losing Christian Mahogany and Kyle Hurdle. I don't see them having a ton of uh, depth that they may be right, ready to use at that position. They may go with one of their guys, but I also think they're going to probably hit the transfer portal for offensive linemen again. I think that's going to be a position and I wouldn't be surprised if they go for tight end again. I know Takis is gone, um, but you'll have Jeremiah Franklin and then maybe someone else. So I think the portal is going to be how they fill out this class. And I don't, honestly, I don't want to hear people complaining about this because this is what you wanted. You wanted a team that was competitive in the transfer portal market. Halfley did that last year. He brought in 10 guys and clearly there, they've been a bunch that um, have been, part of this roster he's going to do it i think he's going to do it again next year we'll have to wait and see um and then we'll wait and see how this whole draft i mean um recruiting versus transfer thing kind of edges out a little bit as he kind of gets himself more established if again if he stays on right so i think that was just my little thought here about recruiting hopefully you found that interesting and maybe you have your own thoughts about it transfers i think will be important in our final segment a sport I have never talked about here on Locked on BC is going to come up with some of the most scandalous news that we've had at Boston College in a while. We'll get all into that in just a moment. Now, Jace is the place where you go if you need to get life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. So don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. With Jace, it handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Go on with Jace. You get five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and it gives you peace of mind so you're not hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. And you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at college on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Now, 
on Wednesday, there was a new scandal at Boston College as the swim and dive team, men's and women's, have been suspended indefinitely due to a hazing investigation within the program. Now, I've never talked about swimming here on this podcast, and I'm going to not even, I don't even know anything about the team. And it's not just something I just, I'm not interested in, so I don't talk much about it. So my thought here is, Given the current climate of college sports, if this is happening, Boston College needs to take this seriously. There is no room for hazing, especially after the in the aftermath of what happened at Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald with that hazing. The Eagles, Blake James, you know, the board of trustees, whoever is going to make decisions on this need to be firm and strict. If there's players that are involved, there needs to be ramifications there and they need to be severe. If there's coaching staffs involved, they need there needs to be repercussions there. And I'm not sure if that means losing their jobs or really strict penalties. Whatever the case, hazing needs to be stomped out of college sports if it is a severe case. We don't know what's going on right now. BC has only released that they're investigating it right at this point. So I'm not even sure what's what happened. We don't have any reports of like this is what's being said. It's just kind of an open case, but BC does not need embarrassments right now. There's so many programs that are struggling or are or, or trying to break through and get national note, um, national acclaim, you know, whether it's women's lacrosse, hockey, even football or basketball or baseball too, right? Field hockey. They do not need this kind of publicity on this campus. So I hope that if this happens, the BC takes it seriously and acts appropriately. That's my thoughts on that. Now, one last thought. I wanted to talk quickly about bowls. I saw ESPN has BC as a bowl eligible team in their latest projections. Most don't. That's why I haven't talked about it. Like you most don't have them on there. I mean, at one and two with losses against, you know, NIU and almost a, a loss against Holy Cross. I don't blame them for not having it on, but what are the odds that BC does make a bowl game? Is it 50, 50? Is it, is it better than good odds? I think this weekend will be important, but I don't think it's a critical game in terms of getting into the bowl because after this week, you look at their schedule and you're seeing a bunch of teams that could be beat. You have teams like Virginia Tech, who's a complete mess right now. You have Virginia, who's not very good. You have Georgia Tech, who's struggling. You have UConn, who's awful this year. So there's games in there at Pitt, who's terrible right now. There's games out there that are winnable. Obviously, you don't want to put the cart before the horse yet. You don't want to say, oh, BC is going to win. You know, they're going to win six out of seven. This weekend will showcase, have they taken a step in the right direction or are the problems still there? And these are going to be things that are going to continue to happen. Like if, if BC goes out there and they have these penalties, if they have these issues, uh, you know, whether it's like kicking the ball out of bounds or missed field goals or um, dropped opportunities and things like that, then you, you have every right to be skeptical that they can make a bowl game this year because when you play 50-50 games, you go to you you play Virginia Tech as bad as they are, if you give them extra first downs or extra opportunities, you could still lose those games. So, this week I think is so critical in seeing win or lose, and I hope they win if they take that step forward. If they've learned from their mistakes because we saw it from the Holy Cross game to Florida State the offense learned a lot about itself. I would even argue the defense learned about it a lot about itself, but the overall game plan was riddled with the same issues. It was against Holy cross, which was penalties. And then from one to three, 
we had drops from the NIU game and we had a couple of big drops against Florida state. So I'm a little skeptical. I need to see it to believe it. Can Boston college learn from those mistakes and, and put together a complete game against Louisville? I think back to this game, I think forward to this game and I think back to NC state last year and NC state was overrated. Louisville's a 14 point over uh, favorite in this game. I think they're a little overrated too. Will be will BC get out there and and stun them like they did the Wolfpack last year? I think that's a good question to ask, and I'm not sure. This we'll talk with Mitch on tomorrow's episode. There's a million different possibilities of what could happen in this game, and I'm not sure which one we're going to see. We'll talk all about that in our preview episode. You're not going to want to miss on Friday's Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. Follow me on Twitter at AJ Black two four seven. You can hit the subscribe button on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, please do. So you get your daily BC podcasts because we are locked on Boston college, your team every day. Take care, everyone.